and welcome to Season 2 of A Witchy Weekend Podcast. My name is Angelica, and I'll be your host. Hello, and welcome back. Today is Sunday, November 14th, 2021. I hope that you all had a lovely week. I know that mine was very busy. On today's show, we are going to be talking about witchy books, the moon, because some exciting things are happening. And of course, we are going to be doing our weekly divination um, with my oracle cards. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, so first we are going to be talking about some witchy books. I'm sure you're wondering why um, books are going to be the main segment of today's show, but we are midway through National Novel Writing Month. Um, For those of you who don't know, it was started back in 1999 um, by a group of friends in the San Diego, San Francisco area. Um, and the goal is to write a novel in 30 days. Um, you can find out more by going to nanorimo.org. Um, and because novel writing is kind of been on my mind this month, I thought it would be a good idea to um, talk about some witchy books that I've read this year. So first, I'm going to start with the Owen Sister Quartet by uh, Alice Hoffman. Um, You might know um, the main book in the series, which also happened to be the first. It's called Practical Magic. And there is a wonderful movie um, interpretation um, that stars Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Um, And since this, since Practical Magic was published when, let me see, when was it published? It was published 1995. Um, So since um, Practical Magic was uh, published in 95, um, the author Alice Hoffman has since written three more books in the series, all in the last couple years, um, basically expanding upon um, the women in the Owens family. Um, now I could talk in publication order, but I'm actually going to talk in, um, chronological order. Um, one, because that's how I read them, um, in September and October. And two, because the author herself says that while the books could, can be read in any order, um, or, you know, in publication order, her favorite is in chronological because it gives you a better sense of like, who the family is and what's going on. So the first book, um, in the chronological order of the Owens family is called Magic Lessons. And it's about the, um, matriarch. And this is what the blurb says. Where does the story of the Owens bloodline begin with Maria Owens in the 1600s when she's abandoned in a snowy field in rural England as a baby? Under the care of Hannah Owens, Maria learns about the nameless art. Hannah recognizes that Maria has a gift, and she teaches the girl all she knows. It is here that she learns her first important lesson, always love someone who will love you back. 
When Maria is betrayed by the man who once declared his love for her, she follows him to Salem, Massachusetts. Here she invokes the curse that will haunt her family, and it is here that she learns the rules of magic and the lesson she will carry with her for the rest of her life. Love is the only thing that matters. So this is an absolutely wonderful book. Um, I actually think that it is my favorite one um, of the four, although they're all wonderful in their own ways. Um, despite the um, historical setting, um, the characters are immensely relatable. And what's great about this is peppered through the story are incantations and songs and little um, collection of witchy um, things. Um, so it's absolutely fantastic. It's about mothers and daughters. It's about choices. It's all in all um, an amazing, amazing book. And I read it in a couple days and I highly suggest that you read it as well. Actually, I suggest that you read all of these books. I wouldn't be talking about them otherwise. <sighs> okay, so the next book, chronologically speaking, um, is The Rules of Magic. The Rules of Magic is about the aunts. Um, the aunts um, are huge figures in the movie of Practical Magic, not so much in the book, um, although they are definitely there. But this is what Rules of Magic is all about. And this, of course, comes from the back cover blurb. So, find your magic. For the Owens family, love is a curse that began in the 1600s when Maria Owens was accused of witchery for loving the wrong man. Hundreds of years later, in New York City, at the cusp of the 60s, when the whole world is about to change, Susanna Owens knows that her three children are dangerously unique. Difficult Franny, with skin as pale as milk and blood-red hair, shy and beautiful Jet, who can read other people's thoughts, and charismatic Vincent, who began looking for trouble on the day he could walk. From the start, Susanna sets down, the sets down rules for her children. No walking in the moonlight, no red shoes, no wearing black, no cats, no crows, no candles, no books about magic, and most importantly, never ever fall in love. But her children will never adhere to rules, and all three are desperate to uncover who they really are. When they visit their Aunt Isabel in the small Massachusetts town where the Owens family has been blamed for everything that has ever gone wrong, they begin to understand the truth of who they are. Then they move to 44 Greenwich Avenue in New York City, and each begins a risky journey as they try to escape the family curse. Thrilling and exquisite, real and fantastical, here is a story about the power of love told in dreamy pose with unforgettable characters and a world that is rife with enchantment. The Rules of Magic reminds us that the only remedy for being human is to be true to yourself. So this book really focuses on the three siblings, um, and each of the three siblings um, goes through quite the journey. Um... It's told in several parts, each part focusing on a specific thing. For example, one is called Elemental. Um, let me see if I can find what another one is called. Pardon me, I'm just flipping through the book. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first part, for example, is called Intuition. Um, it's a wonderful tale um, that is full of change and, again, choices. 
Um, fun fact, this book is actually signed by the author because I was lucky enough to meet her when she came um, to Toronto on her um, book tour. Um, this book was published, when was it published? 2017. Um, and because I didn't say it, Magic Lessons was published last year in 2020. So we've got Magic Lessons from 2020, Rules of Magic from 2027, um, or not 2027, 2017, my goodness. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And it really gives, for those of you who have seen the movie, um, it really gives a great insight into um, the ants and who they are. Uh, so next is Practical Magic. Uh, like I said, it's actually the first book that was published in the series, um, mainly because um, Alice Hoffman didn't know that this was going to be a series when she started, um, but the characters just kept talking to her, so she kept writing. Um, so this is what uh, the back cover says. For more than 200 years, the Owens women have been blamed for everything that went wrong in their Massachusetts town, and Jillian and Sally endured that fate as well. As children, the sisters were forever outsiders, taunted, talked about, pointed at. Their elderly aunts almost seemed to encourage the whispers of witchery with their musty house and their exotic concoctions and their crowd of black cats. But all Jillian and Sally wanted was to escape. One would do so by marrying, the other by running away. But the bonds they shared, even into into adulthood, brought them back almost as if by magic. Um, so yeah, practical magic uh, is a good story. It's about, you know, as all of these, the themes are mothers and daughters, uh, choices, decisions, um, communication. Um, it's, it's a really, really good book. A, a word of warning though, very, very different than the movie. Um, in my own personal opinion, the movie is perfection. Um, um, and it's very, very different, um, than the book. Um, the movie's condensed, um, concise. Um, it has a very good cinematic um, arc, um, whereas the book is more free-flowing and nebulous in their ideas, and it's uh, a lot of fun. Well, they're both a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, so that's the third one. Uh, the fourth book is the book of magic and it actually got released this year in 2021 and this is what the um you know cover blurb says the owens family has been cursed in love for more than 300 years but all of that is about to change the novel begins in a library the best place for a story to be conjured conjured sorry conjured when beloved Aunt Jet Owens hears the Death Watch beetle and knows she has only seven days to live. Jet is not the only one in danger. The curse is already at work. A frantic attempt to save a young man's life spurs three generations of Owens women and one long-lost brother to use their unusual gifts to break the curse as they travel from Paris to London to the English countryside where their ancestor Maria Owens first practiced the unnamed art. The younger generation discovers secrets that have been hidden from them in matters of both magic and love by Sally Owens, their fiercely protective mother. As Kylie Owens uncovers the truth about who she is and what her own dark powers are, her Aunt Franny comes to understand that she is ready to sacrifice everything for her family, and Sally realizes that she is willing to give up everything for love. 
The Book of Magic is a breathtaking conclusion that celebrates mothers and daughters, sisters and brothers, and anyone who has ever been in love. Uh, so, like all of Alice Hoffman's books, this one is told in parts, um, but also chapters. Um, it, this one has, you know, it's, it's more, it's a lot wider in its scope. Uh, Magic Lessons is wide in its scope, going from... Uh, England to America and this one is equally wide in its scope going from um, America to France to England um, and it's you know a very engaging read um, the journey that all the characters go on is absolutely absolutely amazing and it is a really satisfying conclusion to the Owens family story. Now, what I love most about these books is the way that they end. Um, each one ends with a, a couple lines that are filled with some wonderful witchy goodness, um, some advice, um, and whatnot. And I am going to read uh, the last couple lines from Practical Magic to you all. It is not a spoiler for the book um, by any stretch of the imagination, but it kind of gives you an idea of um, what Alice Hoffman's writing style is. So here we go. <clears throat> Always throw spilled salt over your left shoulder. Keep rosemary by your garden gate. Add pepper to your mashed potatoes. Plant roses and lavender for luck. Fall in love wherever you can. Isn't that just wonderful? Doesn't the, the language just give you absolute chills? Um, all of the books end with similar um, advice. Um, and that's, you know, one of the reasons why I highly, highly recommend them. Okay, but moving on, um, the next book that I'm going to talk about is Blood Like Magic by Lizelle um, Sambury. Uh, this book is amazing. Um, it's YA, uh, which is young adult, versus the Owens Family um, books, which are more general fiction. Um, this book is a contemporary fantasy with a sci-fi futuristic twist to it. Very, very witchy. Um, very, very uh, diverse. Um, and it's set in Toronto, Canada. And this is what the back cover blurb um, from Goodreads says. So, <clears throat> A rich, dark, urban fantasy debut following a teen witch who is given a horrifying task, sacrificing her first love to save her family's magic. The problem is, she's never been in love. She'll have to find the perfect guy before she can kill him. After years of waiting for her calling, a trial every witch must pass in order to become, in order to come into their powers. The one thing Voya Thomas doesn't expect was to fall in love. When Voya's ancestor gives her an unexpected second chance to complete, to complete her calling, she agrees, and then is horrified when her task is to kill her first love. And this time, failure means every Thomas witch will be stripped of their magic. Voya is determined to save her family's magic no matter the cost. The problem is, she has never been in love, so for her to succeed, she'll first have to find the perfect guy, and fast. Fortunately, a genetic matchmaking program has just hit the market. Her plan is to join the program, fall in love, and complete her task before the deadline. What she doesn't count on is being paired with the infuriating Luke. How can she fall in love with a guy who seemingly wants nothing to do with her? 
With mounting pressure from her family, Voya is caught between her morality and her duty to her bloodline. If she wants to save their heritage and Luke, she'll have to find something her ancestor wants more than blood. And in witchcraft, blood is everything. Uh, so I rated this one five stars. Um, I know I didn't talk about the ratings with the um, Owens family books, but they, they, they range between, you know, three, four, and five um, for all of them. But this one's most definitely a five. Um, and that's just because of how engaging the plot and the characters and the situation is. Um, I rented this book from the library and I was, you know, really, really into um, finding out, um, you know, what happens to Voya and how she breaks, uh, how she completes her task um, and whether or not she actually kills somebody and, you know, what that means for her and her family, um, the societal expectations from her witch community, all of it. It's absolutely, absolutely um amazing and fantastic and highly recommend um it is the first in the series um so blood like magic came out this year the sequel blood like fate is coming out next year i believe um and i don't know if there's gonna be a third one um but at the very least there's another one and that makes me really really excited um and let's see the last one that i'm going to talk about is a graphic novel actually um, so far there are two, um, but I am just going to talk about the first one because I've just read the first one. So it's called The Okay Witch, and again from Goodreads, um, this is what it's about. Magic is harder than it looks. 13-year-old Moth Hush loves all things witchy, but she's about to discover that witches aren't just the stuff of movies, books, and spooky stories. When some 8th grade bullies try to ruin her Halloween, something really strange happens. It turns out that Founders Bluff, Bluff, Massachusetts, again, Massachusetts, su such a witchy connection. Um, anyways, Massachusetts has a centuries-old history of witch drama, and surprise, Moth's family is at the center of it all. When Moth's new powers show up, things get totally out of control. She meets a talking cat, falls into an enchanted dairy, dairy, diary, she falls into an enchanted diary, um, and unlocks a hidden witch world. Secrets surface from generations past as Moth unravels the complicated legacy at the heart of her town, her family, and herself. Um, I really love this graphic novel. Um, again, I rented it from the library um, via the Libby app. If you don't have the Libby app or if you don't have anything like it, I highly recommend it because it allows you to uh, rent ebooks really easily and um, it's great. Um, pictures in this graphic novel are amazing the colors are vibrant the backgrounds are detailed and the story is really really sweet and after I get through all the other books that I plan to read this November and December um excuse me I'm probably going to rent the second one um if I can um but yeah those are the one two three four five six witchy books that I've read this year um all of them I highly recommend from the middle grade graphic novel to the YA contemporary sci-fi fantasy to the four general fiction um, magical um, tales. They're all wonderful in their own ways. I've all really enjoyed them and I hope that you enjoy them too.
Okay, and now moving on to the moon. So on Thursday, it was the first quarter moon. And first quarter moons are great because they're all about, um, you know, the action that we've taken from our um, manifestations and intentions, ideas um, from the new moon. So I did a three card tarot spread um, because we're still kind of in that first quarter moon magic phase. Um, you could do this, you know, three card spread today if you'd like. Um, basically, the take your deck, whatever deck you have, shuffle them up, deal three cards. The first one is what actions you should take. The second one is what you should keep in mind. And the third one is how it all, how or how it all will help or what will help. Um, so yeah, I, I did that and I hope you do too. Um, but coming up as the moon, um, waxes to being full, we are going to experience, um, moon eclipse on November 19th. And this is from Forbes.com. Uh, this moon is going to be the longest partial lunar eclipse since 1440. And it's going to be the last longest, um, longest, yeah, the last longest partial eclipse until, uh, 2669. Um, you are going to be able to see it, um, in North America, South America, Australia, and East Asia quite well. Um, in Europe, you may catch a glimpse of it, um, but it'll be more, um, you know, later, later, you know, cause that's just at moonrise, I think for you guys. Um, so it's going to be a three hour and 28 minute event for those of us on the Eastern seaboard. That means it's going to start at 218 in the morning and the height will be at 402 um in the morning and the height of the eclipse is basically when it will be the most red um because it's a partial lunar eclipse not the entire um moon face will be red um but most of it like i think like 92 to 95 percent of it will um so we'll have this small sliver of the moon's white light and the rest of it will be a awesome shade of red um i don't know about you guys um but i may just um set my alarm um and go out and see if i can see it um if it's a cloudy or rainy night i'm not going to bother because you know what's the point um but i love lunar eclipses um i have done this in the past where you know i've set an alarm and walked outside and just seen what i can see and then go inside um for the shorter ones it's a lot of fun to see the progression but for the longer ones like who's going to stay outside i mean you can if you want but i'm certainly not going to stay outside from 2 a.m uh, to 5 a.m um that's prime sleeping time when you have a newborn or not a newborn he's not a newborn he's 11 months he's almost a year um but it's prime sleeping time so um i will set my alarm um if the weather's supposed to be clear and just take a peek and if i can see it great and if not oh well i'll try to catch the next lunar eclipse um but luke lunar eclipses are great for magical workings and this is from pathos.com um eclipses are energy portals so um you can do a lot of things uh with energy portals um first you should ground um you can ground with hematite or by walking barefoot 
or by meditating. Um, you should cleanse in whatever way um, you you do. Um, and your ritual should be simple. Um, pathos.com says that since it is a portal, it's a good thing. It's a good time to um, send messages to any deity that you work with. Or it's a good time to invite a new deity um, to come into your life and, um, you know, share their message with you if, if that's the sort of witchy workings that you do. Um, and of course, once you do any magical workings, you should reground. Um, spells for transformation, reinvention, and rebirth work for eclipses because eclipses are basically a combination between the energy of the new moon and the full moon because, you know, the moon fluctuates so much during this time. Um, so set intentions and goals, do some shadow work. Um, if you'd like, shadow work is just really taking the time to reflect and relax and be really um, introspective uh, within yourself and, um, you know, really analyzing what makes you um, tick, essentially. Um, you can also do a lunar eclipse tarot spread. I know that's what I'm planning to do, even if I don't get to see the, the lunar eclipse itself. Um, I have found a six-card spread from Emerald Lotus Divination. And these are what each of the cards represent. One, um, what represents your life at, a mo at this moment. Two, where can you look to find truth in your life. Three, what's something your intuition whispers to you. Four, what's something you can set in motion for your future. Five, what is some information come from the universe that's coming through? And six, how will this lunar eclipse change me? Um, this was just one of many lunar eclipse tarot spreads that I found online. So if this one doesn't resonate with you, uh, do your own research, find something that works, and have at it. Okay, and I know that this uh, episode is running quite long for me, but I've had a lot to say. Um, but before we go, I am going to um, do our Week at a Glance Divination spread. So give me a second. Grab the cards. They're in my hand. I'm making sure that they're all, you know, right. I am shuffling. Again, I am using the Arcana of Astrology deck by Claire Goodchild. This is a 42 cosmic card deck with an instruction booklet. It's not the one that's on the market right now. I've been doing some research and um, ooh, card just popped out. So that'll be an extra bonus card for the week ahead. Um, it's not the uh, one that's been mass produced right now. It's a smaller one that was more of a, you know, Kickstarter Etsy shop campaign thing, but I still love it. And I am going to, as always, ask uh, what our week ahead looks like for our podcast listeners. What does our week ahead look like for our podcast listeners? Shuffling. I feel like splitting the deck, so split the deck. All right, and here we go. One, two, three, four, five six, seven. Wow. The cards, you know, 
the cards always know. That's that's something I always I always believe in. The cards always know. Um, and the amount of moon cards that have um, popped up are absolutely amazing. Um, so let's see. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. So let me pull up my calendar. My calendar. So for today, um, Sunday, November 14th, we have the waning gibbous. So the waning gibbous is sharing. So today, uh, Sunday, uh, share. Don't know what that means for you, but it's a day of sharing. Um, Monday, November 15th is Taurus. Taurus. Uh, Taurus is the bull. Uh, Taurus is an um, astrological sign. Uh, let's see. Taurus is... Let me see if I can find it. Taurus is the bull. Um, like I said, it is a fixed sign. It rules Earth. It's very grounded. And the keyword is possess. So what on this Monday are you possessing? Um, maybe you need to find a possession. Maybe you need to give it back to somebody else. I don't know. But uh, Monday is going to be all about possessions. Uh, Tuesday the 16th is Aquarius. Now Aquarius is another astrological sign. It is the water bearer. It is a fixed sign for air. Um, and the keyword here is invent. So Tuesday is going to be a day of invention. Wednesday the 17th is Pi uh, palace, not Pisces. Uh, palace. Palace is an asteroid or one of the asteroid cards. Um, palace is the warrior and the keyword is justice. So something on Wednesday is going to, um, be around justice, either justice for you, justice for someone else, or, you know, who knows? Uh, Thursday, the 18th is Mars. Mars is, um, a planet, obviously, um, it is the leader. It rules Aries and the first house. And the keyword is aggression. So Thursday, there might be a little bit of aggression in our lives. Friday, um, the 19th is the waning crescent. So we had um, the waning gibbous. Now we have the waning crescent. And the waning crescent is let me find it the waning the waning crescent is initiative so friday is going to be a day of initiative so take the initiative do something that's been holding you back um you know take the initiative and go forward um and then saturday the 20th is the waxing crescent um and the waxing crescent is oh sorry sorry my mistake the waning crescent is all about endings so on friday um you're gonna end something um but on saturday is um the waning the waxing crescent sorry is initiative um so 
in case you got confused and I'm not going to re-record this because I've re-recorded several segments already today. Friday the 19th is the Waning Crescent. Waning Crescent is Endings. Saturday the 20th is Waxing Crescent. Waxing Crescent is Initiative. And the card that popped out, um, which I'm going to take to mean as it's a bonus card for the entire week as a whole, is Venus. And Venus, as you might guess, is uh, the planet um, of love. Although, according to my little guidebook, um, guide pamphlet, um, foldout, um, Venus is the muse. Uh, Venus rules tar Taurus um, and Libra in the second house and the seventh house. And the keyword is create. So what are you going to create on this week as a whole? Um, I know for me, um, I am creating a brand new novel from scratch. Um, I've taken inspirations from various things and I'm kind of reworking them um, into a middle grade, fantastical kind of adventure, slice of life kind of story. Um, but what are you going to create this week? Um, who knows? Um, I don't know if this spread resonates with you. We'll find out you know, at the end of the week, I know last week's spread really resonated with me, um, as did the personal spread that I did. Um, and I hope that, you know, the, the arcana of astrology has given you an insight into what your week ahead is going to be like. Alright, so that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, it would really mean a lot to me. And if you'd like to get in contact directly, you can do so via email. My email is a witchy weekend podcast at gmail.com. That's a witchy weekend podcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram. My handle is witchylady87. It's a brand new Instagram, but I am looking forward to building up my profile on there. And yeah, that's it. So have a lovely weekend, witches. Have a lovely week. And I'll see you next time. Blessed be.